This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, geeks? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. We'll get to it here. You guys know we're going on tour with Hawthorne Heights and O Sleeper, so get those tickets. And you know Emory's got new music coming out a week from today, so go ahead and join Emoryland now, and you'll have it as soon as we get the thing mastered. And it's good. You'll hear more about it later. Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale when you go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code, Bad Christian. Today's show is also sponsored by Joybird. See how Joybird can help you design your dream space with one-of-a-kind furniture. Get 25% off your first order when you go to joybird.com slash badchristian. Here we go. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extra virgin. No, girl, it's my flesh. I showed my dad my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one, hit it! It's the Bad Christian Podcast. The world is over because politics is your god. Is that true, Matt? <laughs> Not mine. Ooh, we got the- into a. We were trying to figure out all the stuff to talk about on here, and I said, "Well, don't talk about politics." But then again, everything turns into politics, so I don't even know if no. I can maintain that line. But I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll talk about politics when Lou gets on in a little bit he's from politifact yeah. whose job it is to determine what's true and what's not true which is pretty useful these yeah. days it turns out I but agree. before we get dragged into that i want to talk about what i know and love which is music screamo breakdowns we- and uh, drum sets and pro tools and spotify this that yeah. stuff's so much simpler than politics ain't it it's it, it feels that way it's it just feels pure in a way right well, uh, it is until you have deadlines and you have to get them done and then you're singing and screaming in your uh, office, which it used to be a dining room of your house. <laughs> Sometimes it gets a little tricky that way, but this, hey, our, our new EP, is, what is it? When is it coming out? A Very week soon. Today. A week from Good today. Good God. Yeah. And we have not decided on what the single is going to be from this EP. It's going to go up on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. Uh, so... Do you just want to go ahead and decide right now? Can you? I, I don't you, know. Well, I got to tell you about the other song. But so basically, yes. what Toby's talking about there is we 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 put out an EP a little while ago, and we released one song to Spotify. It's called The Noose, and that was our yeah. first quarter where we do four songs, um, and that went really good. So the people in Emory Land got the other three songs and that one, and then the public gets to hear one of them that will be from the forthcoming album next year. So we have another batch of four songs to release to the Emoryland members now, and we'll right. choose one of them and let the public hear it. But there's always been a fundamental debate to me is when you let the public hear something early, 
it's really easy to, to screw that up. And we screwed it up before as a band. And I think the biz, biggest example is when we made our third album, which was a lot more experimental in nature, uh, even including the way it was recorded, we felt like when it was time to release the first song to let people preview it and get the chatter started, and Tooth and Nail talked us into this, they want us to release the party song, which was right. the closest thing to a radio single that had the closest thing to a normal rock format, which is not something right. we had done. And we thought since that album was so experimental that that would be the good choice. It's like, well, let's give them something normal so it doesn't well, freak right. them out with this crazy album. But it seemed to have the opposite effect immediately. And some people thought, oh, Emery's just trying to write pop songs or radio rock songs or something like that. And so that kind of backfired. And pe- the chatter was, oh, that this isn't the technical, weird, the neat stuff that Emery does that I like so much. I think that was the mistake that time. So I've always been leery of making that mistake again. How do you think about it? Uh, yeah, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the album it, or that single I, release or what? Well, it, I would say uh, it, the most succinct way I can say is it changed our career trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that little decision, in, in, you think? In, in retrospect, maybe even for the better. I, I, it's hard to say that the way success is defined, but that leads us to right now. Uh, we, you know, we got four new songs here and we can pick out of four songs. And we're leaning towards two of them. And one of them now, so the name of our next EP, like Matt said, if you go to Emory Land, sign up. It's really, it's actually really fun. And we we hang out on our Discord and on Twitch and we're doing podcasts and all kinds of stuff with Emory. That's why we call it Emory Land. But uh, the one of the songs is called Now What, which is the title of the EP. And mm-hmm. the artwork's really cool, I think. Matt, we had uh, Devin and I loved it. And Matt... I don't know if you love it or you... I just don't get it, but it's fine. Yes. It doesn't match but the music it, in my head, but it doesn't matter. It, well, I that's why, I, okay. I stay so out the, of it. So the the album is, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a concept album uh, that we're writing, but it, in a way it is. It's kind of the story of Emery and what we were feeling and, and who we were at different times. And I thought it would be really cool. I was thinking like, okay, for this next EP, what, what would capture like us leaving South Carolina and moving to Seattle? And it popped in my brain, the Oregon Trail video game. And I thought it was really cool. So the the... Artwork looks like the Oregon Trail uh, Mm -hmm. video game, which I think is really cool. And I don't know if you ever just didn't play that game or didn't know or relate to it, but I thought for sure driving across, we actually were on part of the Oregon Trail for a little bit. Um, The old one, you know, I mean, we're on a highway, but so that almost makes me think that that song wins since the Mm -hmm. merchandise will say, now what? Uh, you know, we're gonna make some t-shirts. Uh, the the songs now what? The EP's called now what? Mm -hmm. It almost makes sense just to pick that song. But there's another song called Biddy, and it's really fun. And I think people are going to really love it. So do you blow your load immediately with Biddy? <sighs> well, see, the, the issue with that for me is I'm nervous about the last time. Now, Now What is one of my favorite songs. I'll explain the two songs to you. I'm not going to give you clips okay. of them today. But next week, I might even give you clips of them. But it will already be decided. And if anybody wants to vote and help us make a decision, I will. In the BC Club, if you guys want to vote of which song you'd rather hear. Here are the two options. Now what? That track is kind of experimental in nature, has more dynamic range and some of the quieter, more spaced out things yeah. that we've done that's kind it's in a new territory. And it is wild and it's colorful and it, it it's it's satisfying and frustrating and it doesn't give you everything you think but it gives you some stuff you wouldn't think and oh my gosh it is right. it is dark and heavy it's, it's got a heaviness neat. to it uh, yeah it's got a heaviness to it that's not tip, a typical right. type of heaviness um, and I'm excited about that track on the other hand 
this song, Biddy, if that's it was working title, I don't know if it's his final title. It's kinda the hope, title. Kind of hope it isn't because it sounds like a little pet name for like your dog or your your son or something. But that's okay. Um, what does it mean, Biddy? What does what does that mean? I'm not giving that away, but you you might be kind of on to something there with what you said. Okay. I think, Maybe we'll change the name. Right <laughs> well, I, I, I actually really like the name. Yeah, it's fine. So <laughs> this is, song is like the most full-on, aggressive, nailed pop song to me. Uh, and that was kind of intentional. It's like, want to make something that's like an emo pop song. It turned out more aggressive than that. But it just was supposed to be simple, feel-good, pop, energetic. And it just delivered on so many levels for me that I'm so excited about it. And I feel right. like... Maybe we that maybe this is good enough of a pop song that it won't feel like ah it's just a pop song. I feel that optimistic yeah. about it. The vocal take That's you true. sent is so aggressive. I can't believe it. And you totally sandbagged it too. Toby sent me this vocal track and it had the whole song worked up. It was fixed up, ready to go. And then I said, Do you want to add this or maybe change that line or whatever? And he goes, he goes, Yeah, I want to change the first opening line. I said, Okay. So while you're at it, why don't you just give me one take and go for it? He goes, uh, okay, I'll do it. It's not that hard. So he gives me another take. Then he sends it, and Toby says, uh, my voice is blown out. You won't like it. It's not really as good, but hopefully you can get what you need out of there, whatever. And, of course, I'm sitting here last night at 11 o'clock at night. I open it up, and I go compare it, you know, syllable for syllable from the first take, and I, I wound up subbing in about 70% of that take, and it is <laughs> so on fire. I was so pumped up about it. I left. I was here till 12.31 in, in the morning last night and just jumping around, headbanging, getting this thing rocking. I'm just having the best time. It's so good. All right, I'll tell you what the name means, and it's funny <laughs> that, that you played into it, but everybody asks you all the time. I, I was So here's what I did. Everybody always asks you about, what's, what's your name mean? What's the name? What, oh, what does the name of the song mean? You know, why, why did you name it Disguising Mistakes with Goodbyes? Or, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. But it, like, it feels like it robs, it, it, like even the title has to do something with the, you know, it's just, you care about the song or whatever. So I decided that, I, and I want, now if you don't like it, it hurts my feelings. But I was like, <laughs> whatever, I, <laughs> And when I when I went to write the the file name in Pro Tools to record the song, I said whatever word pops into my head first is the name of this song, and I, <laughs> that is what popped into my head. Biddy. Well, I will leave it as far I won't make a big stink about it. It just was one of those words where you, it's like calling smooth smoopy or something. It's but, like that. It, but that's <laughs> why I love it because what you want me to say is, oh, Biddy. Yeah. Actually, it 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 was the name. Uh, it was the pet name that I gave uh, a girl I dated who broke my heart. Yeah. And you know we went through a really rough time. And I didn't know. Uh, she was Biddy. I was Schmitty. And we did. You know, somebody, everybody wants this dumbass story. This just it's all junk anyway. Like Biddy, I, get me to the song. Okay. Let me get on past the name of the damn song. I'll I'll back that then because so you're a, you're you're asserting that instead of taking that expressive point to name something that connects to the song or enhances meaning, you've right. said no, there is not meaning and contained in the name back, of yes. the song. I have data to back it up. Like you said, on our third record, we put out the very first song called The Party Song, and we thought it the same thing. Like, it's silly to have to name it. So this song has the word party in it. We'll just call it The Party Song. And later on the album, there was a song kind of about movies. We called it The Movie Song. Mm -hmm. And people didn't necessarily like it because it wasn't as emo or whatever. But The Party Song is still, if you go look on our Spotify, one of the most popular songs Emery ever wrote, mm -hmm. even though people said, we're selling out, whatever they did. So I'm just saying, I don't, the name 
get past the name. You want to get to that song and all of that. There's plenty of meaning in the song. You also need meaning in the title, too. Biddy's cool. What a cool fucking name. Okay. I agree. But which song do we want to release publicly? Do you have a... I'll weight your opinion much higher, and then I'll take the crowd thing, and then I will weigh in, and we'll tip it one way or the other. I might even ask Josh and Dave and Devin. Hell, who knows? Yeah. I'm probably leaning now what, just because, like I said, I think it lines up with the whole... This EP. I think that's fine. Like it... I mean, why wouldn't you, if you're going to listen to an EP for the people in the Emory land, why wouldn't you want to, the song? Okay. Well, I'm going to lean that way too, but you but sound sad against. about it. But that just means that you got to join Emory land to hear All right, Biddy. I changed my Biddy. <laughs> well, either one, if you're curious about both two, these are these two songs are just absolutely banging, in my opinion. Right. And you only get to hear one of them unless you join Emory land for, until next May. So either way, to hear the other one, you're going to have to... You're going to have to join. And join this week, too, because next week when a bunch of people join on release day, there'll be some admin time that'll take to get it. But the link will be posted right. as soon as we get the mixes back on that day. And uh, if you're already in the Discord group, you've already joined Emory Land, which you can figure out our website, then you'll get the songs the second everybody gets them. And this, it'll be a few minutes after we get the master back. Right. So that's what we're into. That's what we're up to. All right, so I'm going to tell you guys about Joybird before we go any farther. I'll tell you why I like Joybird so much. A while back when I was doing some construction and building, I just got into wood. I got into wood grain and what it looks like and how you finish it, and that leads me to furniture and all kinds of other stuff. Joybird is furniture, and it's amazing because Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy. And for me, just paying attention to it and knowing it, that it's handmade and that this real wood and this stuff is great. I mean, this is nice furniture and you get to customize it and participate in it. And your furniture can and should bring you joy, not just be some cheap thing that you sit on. You know, you can enjoy it. Joybird, you get it? So with Joybird, you get a -a one-of-a-kind furniture. It's crafted to your unique taste. You turn your ideas into reality. They've got hundreds of styles and options. So I don't know, maybe you want an indigo sofa. They've got kid-friendly and pet-friendly upholstery, which is a big deal for us. Also, why don't you take a party outside with their unique outdoor collection? You can maximize this summer and fall with their beautiful selection of outdoor sofas, lounge chairs, tables, and more. So think about having a living room outside. That's a lot of more square footage if you've got decent weather. Why don't you get out there? Why don't you have a barbecue? I think that's the way to go is spend time outside, but on nice furniture. These guys have a 365-day home trial, so you can skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. Sit on it. Sleep on it. Break it in. If you don't love it, full refund. This is great, great stuff. So see how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy today at joybird.com slash badchristian. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash badchristian. And... If you go to joybird.com slash badchristian and receive, you will receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by just using the code badchristian. Very simple. So get after it. Okay. So now, Toby, would you like to move into politics and that other type of thing? I guess. It's, I mean, politics right now is just mm-hmm. dark and, and it is scary. I mean, it's just, I mean, you put like gun control is gun gun controls under politics? Like the is the umbrella of politics all everything? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want it to be. It feels like it is. Like I feel like if I if I have a thought, uh a unique thought, maybe it's not even unique, about gun control, for example, or guns in general, 
it is a political uh, if if I word it, it is a political statement at that point. If it comes out of my mouth, it's a now it's politicized almost immediately. Politicized. Like it, it, it's yeah. it's an indictment on what I believe America should do. Your almost. Opinion, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not just well. Let me think about guns for a minute. What does it actually mean? Like I'm I'm I, and I mean it, and you we've talked about this a million times, but the, the idea that nuance matters is really not the case anymore. Like it. Seriously, if you come up with a thought about gun, like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, did you see that? People were bashing him. What are your because thoughts he, there? He, he, he tweeted, what, what was the tweet? Basically, other uh, ways that people die. Yeah, there's, a, there's many more ways that people die. A lot more people die. So sometimes our emotions get the best of us. He's not, mm-hmm. now that statement in no way is endorsing guns or anything. All he's saying is we have outrage and emotion, high emotion, maybe even rightfully so, but that shouldn't just be the the way we inform our decisions especially with politics or with law change none I, of that i mean uh, you know what i mean i don't, i'm i'm mixed on that um i'm mixed on that because and again that's your, that's you're right that's the the problem of politics is that neil degrasse tyson all he ever does is look at stuff turn and then he thinks oh this is funny i'm going to make it hyper rational and numeric and then spit it back at people if you were doing this movie and he actually did what he said this is what would be the outcome and ah ha 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 that's right. that's how he tweet that is what he does he looks at things right. and he tries to make them understandable in some funny numerical way to shed light on it and that's great and that's why we love him yeah this is probably a bad choice of a tweet that people didn't take well but the to act like he's a did something really wrong there, it seems wrong to me. Because first of all, he's correct, and he's tr- trying to put it in perspective. And I don't know. I mean, I understand that it's ill timed, but I would. Pr- I'm on the side that would like to defend that and think he shouldn't get crushed for 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 that. That's just something, an additional piece of information he's added to the world. I don't. I don't know that I find it that insensitive, but you know. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't find it that insensitive personally, but I do understand no. how other people could. Well, like, you, wait how, till another couple of weeks or something. I but don't you're know. just inferring that because of your emotion. He's actually proving you're right. You're mad at him because he didn't say uh, the the things that you wanted him to say about mass shootings or you know mass killings. I believe that's right? what you're yeah, wanting right. him to say. That's you right. you you go, hey, you're famous and and supposed to d- say the right things, and you didn't. Now I get to be mad at you, but like that doesn't really mean anything. Of course, I mean, does anybody think he is uh, doesn't think that it's horrific what is happening with the, the no, killings? Nobody thinks no, that. Of course, nobody thinks that. He at all. has a so, deeper level that he's trying to do something on that I, I'm going to guess here, and I hope people can understand this point of view. I, I really do. I believe that he has a higher level of thinking, and that wasn't entirely careless. I believe. That the way he is thinking, and many people, maybe in the, uh, you would say, rationalist community, which I think he is in, they think this way. Overreaction is oftentimes much, much more detrimental than the thing being overreacted to. And the biggest example being 9-11. Did we not overreact to 9-11? We spent all these past, all these laws and Patriot Act and scary stuff. We started international wars and spent billions of dollars. That's an overreaction. We've lost freedom. We've caused harm in the world. We're operating out of fear. The reaction to something that bad like that, the overreaction is also really bad. And I feel like we're in a similar state with these mass shootings. Now, these mass shootings are 
terrifying. And they've gone from the level of where I ignore them statistically to where, fuck, I'm nervous now. Because, and so it gets real confusing, but I'm giving Neil and, and that type of thinking credit because I do understand where it comes from. So overreaction, I believe, is the thing to, to, to really worry about. You can't control these events that are going to happen. They're going to continue to happen. They're going to happen with yeah. guns. They're going to happen with things worse than guns in no time at all. And the death tolls will be much higher. So like when it's a drone or a fleet of drones that kills 80 people or 800 people somewhere that right. a hacker did, um, uh, what are we going to say about the gun? Like how are we going to get our bearings if it's just emotional reaction let's pass legislation let's do that's that's we've done a lot of harm that way in all of history so i believe that neil is operating on the deeper level and maybe a bad attempt at trying to tell people don't overreact and yes we have a lot of problems including homicide which is also with guns but the underlying problem and a sober view of it is is i think what they're advocating here but again that walmart toby in el paso i mean i'm pretty freaked out here like i'm lo- i'm starting to i've never worried about mass shootings but i think that's the walmart we stay at in el paso if we've been yeah, there i think before. you're right is that right. not yes i'm almost certain with the movie is. theater nearby and all right. that i mean i think that's where we i've been we stay there on off days that that yeah. place uh, so oh yes uh, i mean i, I mean i live at walmart here, you're, parking you're right lot, which <laughs> well, throws off my the, whole thing on stats because it's one stat of a walmart and i go there so that i no longer am very rational at that point Right. Once I make that connection. I mean, it it just the, the the big problem that I see is first of all these uh these shooters the, the name gets out, they get it's popular and then I, I feel like you know somebody through social media through news outlets all of that stuff somebody that has been thinking about something sees that another person has done it in El Paso and then they go, "Well, I'll go do it here in Dayton or mm-hmm. or wherever the last one was in Ohio." And it and it's so frequent it's not, it's with enough frequency yeah. that it is easily just it happens and it feels awful. And then we all move on and, and kind of forget about it. And I think what you're saying is really true. It would be better to think about, wait a minute, hold on. We are uh, people are dying all the time. So our outrage literally does nothing. Our upset with Neil deGrasse Tyson does not do anything. What I mean, we're, we're missing the point here. Like yeah, we we, we are being fooled into thinking that the important thing is to be mad at somebody about what they said on Twitter tw- 10 years ago, as opposed to the moment right now of, are you just want somebody to, you just want to crush somebody? You just want to be mad at somebody? Yeah. Or do you but want that's, real change? That's true. Well, I mean, most people in their house on the Tuesday see something horrific and they don't, I mean, they do want to laugh. I mean, that's the feeling. Like, you know, when you stub your toe, you want to lash out. It just, that, I know, you don't but think it's going to help. It's just what you feel like. Yeah, but but like I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, people maybe feel yes, you do want to lash out, and there and there's some to some degree that should happen, and yeah. you should I mean, be understand hurt and scared yeah. and mad and angry, all of those things. I agree with that, but I'm saying if it just it, it, when as soon as a shooting turns into shitting on Neil deGrasse Tyson, it, doesn't that feel like that we we're missing the point here? I think we gotta so. Do something. I think so. We gotta do something, right? For example, I was thinking uh, if if we really wanted to. Uh, it's getting scarier and scarier to go to public places. Like you don't, not that it, I mean, the statistics, is that true? No, it's not true. Statistics will show you that it is not true, but in the public thought, I think it is true. Mm -hmm. I think people are getting more scared going, wait a minute. Right. Uh, I better, I better 
at the very least, when I go to the grocery store, I'm going to know where the exits are. Should I carry a weapon? Maybe I should just, I mean, mm-hmm. well, guns are legal, so maybe I should go ahead and get one. You know what I mean? Like the, all the yep. thoughts are fearful thoughts and uh, people feel powerless. And so what, what does give you power? You know or, where or it's weapon? really crazy, though, is, uh, and I don't even mean to use the word crazy there, but I, I think it's a PTSD thing. Like a lot of people that have had trauma in their life for any reason, they are worried when they go in public a lot of times. And that's not, right. cra- it's not crazy. It, it really isn't. Like they, they do have right. a fear and an anxiety yes. and it takes up a bandwidth. And if you tell them that's irrational, it doesn't change anything. They still right. are going to feel that way. And I do. And so I, I can right. kind of understand no, yes. that being just because I've been to that Walmart, which means nothing right. statistically, nothing. But now right. I go, wait a minute, maybe I should have a better plan when I go in public to how, I mean, I, I do it. I, I have to admit that. I've been looking it, like it, if yes. the shooting start, started now, am I going over here? Am I going? And just to be in that mode is, is a huge detriment. Like there, there's a real, good. there's real propaganda for fear and worry and all of that stuff. And it, and it is real as well. But I was thinking about, it's like, if you really, if everybody really thought, Hey, we have to because nothing ever happens really like people get killed and then nothing happens so it's either i mean there's this all this outrage and then it just kind of goes away to the next one and everybody's like what can we do our government our government won't stop it donald trump will stop it but i mean we have the power for example could you not if you just got enough people to say no matter what we will not go out on weekends just weekends saturday and sunday we are not going to any public place we, we are staying at home. We are not spending our money. We're not get, buying fuel. We're not going to church and tithing. We are not going to the Walmarts. We are not going to the stores or restaurants. We are not spending our money. We will not spend money on weekends until something is done about weapons. And if you got enough people to do that, then you're, you would be putting your money in, and you'd be losing out a little bit of entertainment and what, uh, you know, hmm. going to see somebody had their baby and all, all that stuff. You would miss out on some stuff, but then there would be real change. So if we are wanting real change, it does not come from harsh, cut down Twitter tweets. What it comes from is you Sac- have to lose sacrifice. a little bit of something. I understand. You have to sacrifice a little bit of something. There. I have to sacrifice a little something, or else I am a hypocrite, and I am a hypocrite. Yeah, but what would I you sacrifice? For, I want to do all that. Yeah, but sacrifice might be reasonable if there was a solution that you thought was viable. But I'm not aware of any. I'm, I'm saying if everybody quit done. spending their money just on weekends, enough company, then big corporations and companies go, oh shit, they're not, they but aren't going to. But what is that really, a desired outcome that you want that's going to fix anything? I'm not aware I, of a plan. I would say I can't, I just can't get past banning um, uh, what you would call uh, assault rifles or AR weapons, um, you know, uh, automatic weapons. Maybe. I think I that's just, what I people think, want, and I hope we can get that. Yeah. Also, I ain't going to stop mass killings that are going to increase no it will not stop mass killings but with new technologies but how much time and effort and hate and pain and awful stuff is wrapped up with these weapons that's what i'm saying at least like an obvious this part i agree yeah Yeah. seems like i mean and it's devastating i i can't imagine my family uh, or not my family the families that you know have lost somebody and just i mean there are people in I, i have friends on facebook that they're you know neighbors murdered this week, you know, uh, last week, you know, just this shot down. And uh, I had a, a military friend that was uh, just talking about the idea of what, how we view things. Think about it this way. We really do think of everything as mass shootings. And he was saying, but these are mass killings. Mm-hmm. 
Like right. we, don't, we don't use that. We don't use that word as we don't use that terminology as much. It like even in our wording, it becomes about the guns as opposed to dying people. Dying. People. So I mean, we gotta we gotta claim that we gotta. People are dying. So there must be something we can do. We can't right. just keep letting stuff happen. Whatever it is, I, I don't have the answers there. But, you know, just outrage or trying to cut somebody down on social media definitely hasn't proven at all to no, help. No, that's just all. a reaction, everything. But I yeah. do believe that the real fearful thing is it is emerging technologies and the the mentality of wanting to commit suicide and yeah. take others down with you, that is I mean this it's going to be a relatively yeah. unstoppable force whatever right. that is but with biotech and other tech I, I, I just don't see how guns are, are really the issue in the long term yeah at all I mean I agree but we do what we can turns out most people want more <laughs> everybody knows it's reasonable to have a license and a test for a gun like you would for a car everybody right. knows that and it's this political thing of not giving inch uh, the NRA right. has to do this for where yeah. Tons of reasonable people that like guns would be fine with passing a test and every other training right. thing. But anyway, it, it it's it's one of those things where there doesn't seem to be a solution at all. So all we can do is kind of look, try to look at it soberly, and we can we can try to not overreact. We can try to do that. Is is the only thing right. I would say is you can do more damage. We don't have a solution because we're not even really identifying the problem yet. Uh, a lot more to talk about that mental illness, everything, other thing too, which I really want to talk about. So let's try to find somebody to talk about the mental illness angle of that. That conversation is starting to change. Um, I can feel it, that conversation changing with every suicide mass shooting. It shifts a little bit. I think we're in some new territory. We don't have time today, but I'd like to get somebody on that talks about mental illness and guns. If anybody knows anybody, send us that. I'd like to do a whole you know, episode and view right on that, but I don't know who to talk to. So that's great. All right, let me get to, let me tell you guys a little bit about Joybird. I don't have it in front of me. And then after that, we'll go into, uh, okay, Lou. yeah, so. Yeah, well, let me tell you guys, we'll have Lou, but yeah. So anyway, we'll, uh, Toby, do you want to set up Lou from PolitiFact? And then I'm going to tell you guys about Joybird, and then we'll see if we can get him on the blower. Yep, Lou is a political journalist, and uh, we uh, it, I stumbled upon him reading an article about the Flint, Michigan water situation, and I just went to the site Politi- PolitiFact, and I just thought it was really cool the way they uh, basically, it's not just clickbait, it's more of a, this is what the facts are, and uh, we have a, we're going to have a good conversation with Lou. All right, so let me tell you about Joybird. All right, I'm not going to sit here and trash the post office. Uh, a lot of good things in my life come from the mail and the post office. and uh, But you have to believe in innovation and making things even better. And that's why stamps.com is so awesome. Literally, I use it almost every day um, because I don't actually have time anymore to go to the post office. I'm busy. I know you are too. So that's why you need, and that's why I use stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Seriously, stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office right to your computer. That's what I love. I mean, and it's user friendly. I get it. I'm 43 years old. Y'all know I'm not that computer savvy. Stamps.com is so user friendly. Simply use your computer to print off official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send 
Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in the mailbox. It's that simple. I love that. When I get my package, I walk out to my mailbox, lift the, I get to lift the little red flag, and my package is gone. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. So right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's Stamps.com, enter Bad Christian. We have Lou Jacobson here from PolitiFact, and he it obviously has been doing a lot. It, Senior correspondent, in fact. Yeah. So it's sort of a mixed bag. A lot of different uh, political uh, contests. I kind of try to have my finger on the pulse. Well, Lou, let me try to frame a conversation we'd like to have here and where we're coming yeah. from and see if we can yeah. get the audience and you and me and Toby all on the same page. So yeah. it's uh, this is this one is interesting because there's a, there's a topic that we try to just not cover at all. We had a meeting the other day. I said, we don't do politics here because we don't know anything <laughs> about them. And we think that, you know, we have almost a philosophy that goes the opposite of politics. And we look at everything from the artistic and cultural mm-hmm level and just feel engaged there is, is the short of it. And by the time you sure. get to talk about house seats in a, a state or whatever, right. that becomes very technical. And I put that in the language yeah. of politics. And it's also something yeah. that I, have, I am not interested in. But it, yeah. what the problem, the crazy thing is that boundary, I, I think of politics like civics, things you learn in school, uh, how to read the Constitution, all that kind of yeah. things like that. Yeah. But now all the things that we've been talking about for five years because they're culturally important. Now everybody puts them in and says, this is politics now. And so mm-hmm. this domain that I don't really want to be in at all, right. people say, well, that is politics then. If you're going to talk yep. about guns, that's politics. If you're going to talk about yep. uh, mental illness, that's politics. If you're going to talk about, and it's yep. just, and this is what all the stuff mm-hmm. is. So we're quite confused. Yep. We've been doing this podcast, like yep. I said, five years. And the community yep. that we uh, are part of are people that are coming out of a lot of uh, faith communities and mm-hmm. coming out of evangelicalism, or at least trying to upgrade our thinking on it mm-hmm. and operate in the real world kind of thing yeah. and not trade one religion for another. So that's the long and yeah. short of who we are and what we're doing. And yeah. PolitiFact seems like a very interesting thing. Uh, Toby came across it, and it's the, the, the deal of it's like a true thing, a fact. How do you think of it, what, what PolitiFact's yeah. mission is? Can you explain that to people? Yeah, sure. So um, we're, I think, 11 years old now, um, and basically the idea that Bill Adair had, the founder, <clears throat> was he saw a lot of journalism um, on politics talking about, well, on the one hand, this, and on the one hand, this, and he felt that um, that there wasn't enough reporting and writing in journalism, uh, particularly pl- in terms of political journalism, um, that actually delves into the question of, well, is this side right? Do they have the facts on their side? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, he had the idea, and it was not entirely uh, new. Um, factcheck.org is one of our competitors, uh, and they've been around for a few more years than we have. Um, they are run out of the University of Pennsylvania. Um, but uh, we and Factcheck both have a similarity. We, we hear a statement in politics, and we delve into, as reporters, looking into what the uh, tr- truth of it is, uh, using basic journalistic skills to report it. Um, we were always very concerned about showing our work. So we have links in the stories to all of the underlying data that we looked at or the websites uh, or the news articles. There's, there's a list on the side, on the right-hand side of, of all the sources we used, again, with links there. Um, 
trying to be transparent about where we find find our 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 facts to to uh, check into these claims. We uh, you know write the article, it gets edited, uh, we put a rating on it, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and then it goes into this database. We have sixteen thousand maybe articles now um, uh, that uh, sort of run the whole gamut um, in sort of politics and policy, and so when you find a story. Uh, you can click on the speaker on their name. It's highlighted and you can get everything that they've said that we've rated. Um, you can click on the subject matter that's tagged like healthcare and find all the healthcare articles. You can click on the final rating on our six point scale, which is true, mostly true, half true, mostly false, false and pants on fire. Um, and get, uh, all of the, like pants on fire ratings or all the true ratings. Um, so it's all sort of integrated and you can kind of, you know, find one article, but then sort of lose yourself by like clicking on various things in our database, which is very, made very easy for you to do um, and find other related article. Uh, factcheck.org actually interestingly does not have any ratings. It uh, writes the article and it provides the links, but it doesn't put a final rating on things. It's a philosophical difference, and they sort of defend it by saying, well, if you put a rating on it, people will just see the rating and not read the story. Yeah. And there is a certain amount of truth to that. Um, certainly people read our stuff, and they see the rating and may not even read the article and complain about something that's actually spelled out fairly yeah. clearly in the article if they read it. Um, I, I tend to think personally that it's a good thing to have, um, to have our ratings in the same way that, that a news article in the newspaper or online has a headline. It's not going to capture every nuance of the story, right. um, but it gives you a general gist, and then you can read more uh, to fully inform yourself about the topic. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in on one here. I'm on the website now, and just as it's yeah. going today, the problem being, and we'll talk about the philosophical and the meta level of this, because I guess that's even where we're interested most, is yeah. that's this is all well and good, but what about the notion that we're in a post-truth or post-fact society? So this just falls in the rest of the yep. very skewed, opinionated, own echo chamber kind of thing. Um, you know, how do we avoid, how do we avoid that trap? Like, uh, Uh, Our philosophy um, from the very beginning has always been we want to educate voters who want to be educated. Um, uh, You know, we're not conducting voters. Let's just stop there. You're saying it is for voters, though, like as it is expressly for voters, just people that curious what Dianne Feinstein said about guns yesterday, whether or not they vote. uh, Fair question. Um, I think probably in all likelihood, somebody interested enough in this topic would probably be a voter. Um, but it really is there for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're not running a scientific experiment to, to show, you know, which person or which party tells more truth, truthful things or, or not, you know, we don't have a scientifically valid random sampling of everything that everybody said. And then, uh, you know, rate based on that and compare, uh, in a scientifically valid way. What we're doing is focusing less on the person and more on whether the statement is true or mm-hmm. not, uh, or somewhere in between. A lot of our ratings are somewhere in between, not totally true, not totally false. Um, uh, and the idea is that if uh, uh, you know some average voter, wherever they are, um, hears a claim on, on the TV in a, a campaign ad or sees something in the newspaper or whatever, uh, and say to themselves, huh, I wonder if that's true, they can come to us and get... Uh, a thoroughly researched uh, you know, um, uh, story 
uh, and our best professional opinion about whether something is true mm-hmm. or not or somewhere in between. Um, so uh, it's almost kind of a prerequisite that the person who is looking to us needs to, uh, to have some uh, some like critical thinking, some like intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. to want to know the answer. Um, there are unfortunately a lot of people in the in the country um, who don't have that desire and they are in their sort of little ideological bubble. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't think we are able to reach them if they're not willing to meet us halfway. And do you think that's on both sides or all different ideologies? I do think it's on both sides. I mean, you know, I can't break down exactly if it's more on one side or the other. I think there are elements of it on both sides though. Yeah. So those are just problematic people all the way around that exist and everything. I think that's probably true. It does occur to me though, that, it's probably true. There's got to be some some numbers. Here. I don't know if you know them or keep track of them. But is yeah. it not true that <laughs> the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or whichever way it is, you find more false statements? Then, like, is that a, is that a statistic that you keep? It's not it's, something we keep track of, but it um, exists. Well, I mean, it's uh, a truth. Well, I mean, you you can dig through our numbers and create that number. We we don't basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but but since all of our data is public, you 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 can go in there and make those those sorts of uh, uh, tabulations. The problem is, again, as I said before, we don't do a scientifically like valid random sampling of statements, and mm-hmm. so our our basis for choosing something to fact check is is basically if it's a, if it if we hear it or see it and we we say to ourselves, huh, I wonder if that's true. We don't check statements that are obviously true. It's a waste of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we do check statements that are obviously false because we want to correct the record. Um, and we try as best we can to fact check both uh, parties in equal numbers, but that's very hard um, in part uh, because um, uh, one of our major features uh, in recent years has been, we have partnerships with state outlets. And so we have our national desk, which is only about seven or eight people, uh, editors and reporters. Um, but we also have partnerships with up to a dozen states at, at any given time. Um, and some of them do a couple fact checks a week to add to our, our total. And in some of these states, the governor is a Republican. The state legislature is uh, dominated by the, by the GOP. Statewide elected officials, attorney generals and so forth um, are also Republicans. So it's hard uh, in a GOP-dominated state or a Democratic-dominated state, the same is true in California. We've got a, got a California one. So, so, so it does make it difficult to have that truly equal balance if, uh, as I think is the case, most of our states in recent years have, just by chance, had GOP governors and state legislatures. Mm-hmm. So we tend to be fact-checking more Republicans because they're, they're the ones who have power and there are no... That's right. There's like no uh, sort of anti-governor uh, who's a Democrat until it... Uh, turns into a campaign season, but uh, dur- during the first year and a half or so, there's no sort of opposite of the Republican governor who's a Democratic governor in a given state. So, so, so it's a challenge. Um, and, and until recently, uh, you know, Congress was uh, GOP dominated, so we we probably had more fact checks of Republicans um, in Congress. Of course, uh, we've fact checked Obama um, very frequently. Um, We had uh, more fact checks of him than uh, I think anybody else during that entire period of his two terms. Um, We also um, put him to the test. We had the Obometer, which was um, not a fact check, 
but uh, a promise checker. We compiled actually there's like more than 500 promises he made during the campaign in 2008. Uh -huh. And we went through for all eight years and eventually wrapped it up uh, after eight years. But, but we did it sort of, you know, piece by piece dur during those eight years. Did he... Um, did he sign a bill doing what he said he would do? Mm -hmm. uh, and so we gave a rating. It was either promise kept, promise broken, compromise, somewhere in the middle. And so we ultimately gave roughly 500 ratings um, of his promises. How did that break down? Um, he was reasonably um, uh, on the promise kept side. Um, obviously, he had a Republican um, uh, Congress for six out of eight years. And so a lot of the things that he promised uh, to do by legislation, he couldn't do. Um, but there are a lot of the promises where he could do either the entire thing or a significant way towards his goal mm -hmm. um, through executive action. So I'm um, looking at one here. Yeah. I, also, do you get more? Do you get more people? Where do they say you lean? Because there's no way that you can get away with saying you're neutral. You just can't. I mean, there's no way right. people. I mean, even if you say that, the, the public image will be something different. So where well, do they put I'm you sure on those graphs? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's sort of interesting. I mean, like um, we we like a lot of the mainstream media get a lot of criticism from the right that we're too liberal. Um, are you part of the mainstream media? They see it that way and you are, is that right? Basically? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we get a steady drumbeat of complaints of that sort. Um, on the other hand, in my experience, some of the most, um, intense criticism of us has come from, 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 from the left, uh, from, uh, liberals. Um, we had a huge, um, well, it was sort of a one way feud. She, she was attacking us. We, we weren't really attacking her. Rachel Maddow, um, things have cooled off the past couple of years, but for a while she did like, I think six to eight segments about us on, on her show about how stupid we were. And, <laughs> like, and really Once you did so upset her somehow. <laughs> well, you know, we fact checked her and she wasn't happy with the fact check. Uh, I don't know if that was the only factor, but things did change around that time. It sort of pivoted. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, and I think this is true of a lot of media criticism, uh, people will seize on one legitimate, uh, you know, complaint about something and say the whole enterprise is rotten. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as I say, we have 16,000 some fact checks in our archive now. Um, only a tiny percentage of them have ever been, uh, uh, you know, have ever gotten significant pushback. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Yes, sometimes we make mistakes. We correct them where we can. Occasionally, this is not that common, but occasionally, if somebody makes a really good argument, we'll change our rating on a on a claim. Um, uh, b um, but for the most part, most of the fact checks that we do sort of slide into the ether, and no one really has mm -hmm. has ha ha any complaint with them, left or right. Well, they seem to be um, on both sides. Yeah. I see one today that says Diane yeah. Feinstein tweeted yesterday that there are. Yeah. More gun deaths by far in the U.S. than any other country, and that's just false. Yep. And so, that's yep. just plain as plain as day. Brazil has the most, it says, yep. by, by a long shot. And so, she made yep. a tweet that was, you know. And then, how are we supposed to think about it? Or is she lying? Mm -hmm. Did somebody tell her the wrong information? Is she counting it different? And this yeah. is the place we're in, you know. Well, that's what I think is kind of neat about what you guys are doing, Lou, because uh, it, it's funny. And I got I got a follow up question to this, but I. I when I'm when I stumbled upon Politifact, I was looking up the uh, 
I, I just saw somebody tweet something about uh, the reason Flint, Michigan water was bad is because Democrats were over it. And I was like, huh, is that, and I just was like, that's an interesting thing to say. Is that true or whatever? So, uh, oh, they, I think they were going after Bernie because Bernie said, so, you know, they were saying, well, Bernie, you know, just and it was just it was that one side. And I stumbled upon your article, which was really great about about Flint and the water. But um, and, and we can talk about that in a little bit if we if we get to it. But um, it, it was funny. So then I it led me to PolitiFact and I'm reading it and I. I noticed in my own reading that I wanted, I, like, it's, it's so funny. I don't know if I've been trained by the media or what, but I wanted a little bit more like, yeah, Diane Feinstein was wrong. But you don't, you, you guys don't do that. You don't really get into the opinionated, you know what I mean? I guess that's, that's what's dominated by media. But I, I caught myself realizing, wait a minute, isn't there more to the story where, you know, Diane is, You're is used to the really awesome or really, or, or she's really terrible? Like, you know, like I, I was almost looking for that slant and Some it's blood. not there. And it was refreshing. Like, I, I mean, a little bit of what y'all do is tongue in cheek, which makes me enjoy it even more. Like, uh, right. you know, pants on fire or whatever. You know, I, I, that, 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 even though you're giving facts, there's a little bit of tongue in cheek there. Yeah, yeah. But I really appreciate it. But it does make me, me, make me think, like, is that... Is that just like is that media so uh, prevalent? And that that's not because that's like, that's what everybody wants. Like, did they not necessarily just want the facts? You're right because an informed person that wants you know, or, or a person that wants to be informed with real facts, they yeah. could come to you guys and then leave making their own decision on Diane Feinstein. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're saying what she said is the worst. She's horrible. Uh, you know, one of the things I've done for most of my 10 years here at PolitiFact is I've uh, been in charge of the, uh, the email inbox. So I've read pretty much every email that's been sent to us in 10 years. Um, and uh, I haven't um, – that's that story is so new I haven't got any feedback on it yet. But I mm-hmm. suspect some might come in. Um, but the good thing about what we do is we, we, we show our work. We show our sources. Um, and – uh, if people disagree, they could do their own research and they can look further into it. Yeah. Also, in terms of the ratings, like uh, you know, I personally believe that uh, people in good faith can uh, can can like rate something one notch different on our six point scale and make a reasonable argument for it. Uh, if something is half true, I think there's a reasonable case to be made that it's a mostly true or mostly false. Um, yeah. uh, and I, if somebody says. Uh, if somebody writes in and says, you know, hey, that half true you did, it's got to be mostly false. I'm like, well, that's a totally re- reasonable thing. Um, right. What what we do to come up with those ratings is, uh, well, the sort of process start to finish. We hear the comment somewhere or we see it somewhere. We start to do, do all the research into it and then write it up. The writer files it to their editor um, and recommends. It's not a binding recommendation. It's just a recommendation about what the ruling should be. The editor edits it, uh, uh, asks for any additional information if it's not there, um, and then uh, can either agree with the recommendation, which is fairly common that they do, um, or, the, or, or they'll say, no, I don't think it's a half true. I think it's a mostly true. And then, these, and then the reporter and the editor kind of you know, hash it out, um, uh, and then it goes to a three-person per, three panel, a three-editor three panel. Um, it's the first editor. And then two completely fresh editors or staff writers um, who read the article. The author sits in on their conversation. It's called a chamber. Um, and the author sits in on that but doesn't have a vote. But they can be asked questions mm-hmm. about it and so forth. But the, the three editors have to decide amongst themselves what they think the rating should be. And it's not uncommon to have one editor think, well, half true, and the other think, say, mostly false. 
and uh, maybe even the third one saying mostly true. Um, but basically, it's it's a consensus type of debate. Uh, and at the end of it, there might be a little bit of horse trading, and and like the editor who who who's who is the only one in favor of giving rating will say, okay, I'll side with you guys the rating if you mention this or give more prominence to this point in the that article. Sounds good. And then everybody's in a general consensus, and the story goes up at that rating. So the idea um, here is, yeah. seems like it's. Oh, sorry, didn't interrupt you. If you're finishing that okay. process, and then um, and so our process during that chamber um, is uh, fairly uh, consistent. We have a series of four questions we ask. You know how we rated previous items. Uh, uh, similar items in the past so that, so that we don't deviate too much from our path. Do you take the author's uh, political leaning into consideration? Like, are they, they happen to... <laughs> like, um, uh, cer- certainly for journalists in my generation, I'm yeah. I'm uh, my late 40s, um, we were taught to always set, set aside whatever personal beliefs we have and just do a straight ahead, sort of, you know, follow where the facts lead. And yeah. so... Um, do you think that happens? That's so in, innocent. In, 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 yeah, I know that, that feels like you're telling the truth, and <laughs> so I want to believe you. But like, <laughs> that is why we get paid the big bucks uh, to basically put our beliefs on the side. Uh, but like, like, like I'm from South Carolina, Matt is as well, and my family goes, man, every bit of media is liberal except for you know what, Fox News. Fox News is the only one reporting the truth. It, is there is there any truth to that? Like, do you, like. The, the political leanings, obviously, if you, if you are passionate about something, if you, you know, and and the blue side or the red side, it, you know, it, you, you resonate with them. Implicit do you think it, it is, is is media does it have a, a political bias? Like, is it do you think most media organizations, if you if you look down at the big boys on TV, like CNN, Fox News, MSN, it, is it liberal? It, it, do you feel that way? It, and is that one of the reasons why you even wanted to, you know, PolitiFact was started to be different than that? You know, um, I really feel that um, a lot of the journalists in my generation, and I think this is changing. I think the other generations are different in this regard uh, and came up with different sort of mindsets. But I really feel like I'm I'm just sort of a curious person and I don't feel like um, I'm trying to accomplish any political agenda with what I do. I just want to uh, sort of uncover the truth because it's interesting and it sort of, you know, it makes me get up in the morning finding out what's true and what's not, uh, mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. Um, so I personally don't feel like I have any personal agenda, political agenda mm-hmm. in this. Um, I think a lot of people who came up in my generation were sort of inculcated in that, uh, neutrality. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have views, but you set those aside and you sort of, sort of try your best to be objective. Now, um, I do think that there is, um, in the younger generation, um, more of uh, an openness to an advocacy role or yeah. a sort of opinionated role. Um, I guess I'm kind of a dinosaur that I don't particularly like that approach to journalism. Uh, um, but I think there is that generational divide. So I think there's a bunch of different ways to look at this. But basic, what I think I hear you saying, which I really like, first of all, looking for truth to be calibrated to that is its own good. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. It can't be right. true that everybody's only there to swing some opinion or get clickbait. Yeah. That It cannot yeah. be true. And if you take somebody with polit- their political leanings into question, like, well, let's say I work for PolitiFact. I ain't, 
I don't mm-hmm. really have any. I don't feel that I have any leanings, or they don't line up, or they're across the board, or they're independent, mm-hmm. or they're on both sides. And there's a ton of people like yeah. that. It, so yeah. there's the one effect where there's the runaway advocacy and opinion. Uh, some of us young people in journalism, where they're trying to color everything, and we've accepted mm-hmm. that, and we like that, and that makes money. And on the other yeah. hand, there's people that are trying to say just because you have an opinion or are a person, you're and discredit people. So th- yeah. that's happening both ways, and I find it, you know, very very frustrating but the notion to take the opinion out of it is one that i find is simply respectful to the audience yeah and it it invites people that are trying to find and if you get there and you read your article you know you you actually know that it's trying to be even-handed you can tell if you try so every all is not lost in that regard in my opinion right we certainly try and you know um uh even if somebody were to do the calculations and find out that, that like, you know, by our scores, Republicans tell the truth less than what Democrats do. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying. So Probably true. Find that. <laughs> well, even, even on your site, Donald Trump has <laughs> on your Republic, on true. your Donald Trump file, it says pant, he has 103 pants on fire and Obama <laughs> had nine. Right. So, I mean, uh, folks can certainly draw their conclusions from that, but, but uh, uh, you know, we are, very clear that we don't try, like try to protect Democrats when they're like telling untruths. Like, you know, right. if it's bad for the Democrats, we'll run it. If it's bad for the Republicans, we'll run it. If it's a good for the Democrats, we'll run it. If it's good for the Republicans, we'll mm-hmm. run it. We, um, we let the chips fall where they may. Um, and if you're in the, the sort of ideological bubbles on either side, they're not going to run, go out of their way at least to run a story. That's not, <coughs> not good for their side. Right. Um, right. We uh, will run stories that that are negative on both sides and positive on both sides. Um, so that's- I mean, even speaking of your uh, your Flint article, it was really enlightening to me because I don't know much about Flint, Michigan. I've just heard some stories, and then I oh, my heart, you and know, they've I, all been opinion. Right. Yes. Uh, most of them have an opinion. Yeah. So the first one of the opinions I heard was it was the Democrats fault. I was like, is that, I just wanted to know, is that true? And I stumbled upon. And then you well, I, what I did not know was that M- Michigan has a, a Republican governor. And so, it, so the, you know, it's, the, the state is run by a Republican, you know, a sitting Republican. And then the way you broke it down, I thought was just so enlightening to me because you showed mistakes that he made or, or, or mistakes that were made under, you know, his leadership. But at the same time, it revealed it because it even went to reveal why certain, like, for example, some of the reasons they chose to get the water from the river as opposed to, uh, the lake or whatever was it could cut taxes. Like it wasn't no, the idea, if you listen, if if you just went to Twitter, you would think the the Democrats wanted to want or the Republicans want to murder people with water in Flint. That, it feels like that's the stories I've heard. And then when you start to look at it and and real factually, you know, in a factual way, you go, wait a minute, decisions were made, bad decisions. Not nobody's letting them off the hook. I mean, there's there's some serious consequences for sure for everybody. But when you when you lay out the facts, you go, well, I, at least I can see a path to how this happened, which is which would actually help not to ever let it happen again. Like that, that's the real thing. Not just going, yeah, because you're a Republican, that's what's bad. That's the thing that, that well, I find refreshing do, about. I mean, this is just, this is just one little thing and it's not fun. It's hard work and it's not satisfying to read that. So what the hell? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I'm not being mean. Like Toby's giving no, you a compliment, and you're doing the right thing. But it's right. boring, well, and it doesn't make me mad well, or happy. It, There's no bad guy. What kind of story is, 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 is this? Clickbait a necessity? Like, is 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 that why? I mean, clickbait is it the necessity? Like, y'all y'all tend to seem. It looks like your site tends to stay away from that. But like, if you went clickbait, you would get more readers, right? I mean, that's the way it works. Well, I, uh, you know, I do think that we um, do well on social media, getting people to click. But it's because the topics we write about are like stuff that's right on the news. And like, right. you know, I do think people like, I, I think this is true. I think that our tweets or, or Facebook posts that have like pants on fire, get more than those that have true sure. because it's more surprising and it's more combative. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we like to be substantive. Um, we like to have a little bit of sense of humor where it's appropriate. Um, but we um, do want to be almost like sort of a reference work. I mean, a sort of reference mm-hmm. work in daily installments. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our articles get read months or years after they're actually published because um, they'll be, uh, you know, Googling something and, uh, and they'll see PolitiFact's take on it from like three years ago. And it's still pretty good. It may not be totally up to date, but it gives you pretty good gist and it's pretty pretty much like a reference work in a lot of ways. Do you have real concerns about about them? I mean, do you have, like, in your opinion now, on yeah. this show, entertainment show with opinions yeah. that you're free to have outside of your work, do you yeah. think that the, the mainstream media or the the big stuff or whatever is out there, do you think it's that's also good and fine, or do you think it has real problems? Well, uh, you know, um, uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, um, uh, I think that there's a lot of good journalism work being done now. Um, and I think, uh, that necessarily given our sort of internet culture, um, and the speed with which things have to be posted, um, uh, and the speed of the news cycle, um, there are a lot of opportunities for mistakes and mistakes are definitely made every day, every hour. Um, uh, I think, um, on balance, what's being produced now is more good than bad. Uh, but I certainly would agree that it's not perfect um what are the things to look out for like when you see things that seem strong because the, the opinion yeah. thing bothers me the more i think about it because yeah. it tries to fly under the radar where it's not opinion and slide it in there and then we become accustomed to it so what are the yep. things that you differentiate from your work like don't listen to articles when they talk like this so that's that's a, a good question one thing that is definitely uh important is uh to just pause. If you see a headline, um, read the article. Maybe the headline isn't, you know, fully accurate as far as describing it, or it doesn't get the nuances that, that the article does. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're scrolling through your social media feed, take, take some time and don't just do a knee jerk. This is so outrageous. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> everybody. Um, uh, sometimes there is nuance you're missing and, the more it gets shared without being looked at, it's like a game of telephone. Mm-hmm. The original truth of it sort of gets transmogrified into something very different. Worse than that, we're playing telephone where the people coming up with the original telephone thing are intentionally choosing things that they know will be trans, you know, transposed in the wrong in the direction they want to. They yeah, give you ambiguous it. things yeah. that when you pass them, I mean, the whole thing's a game. You know, people are game. I mean, so does Trump. I mean, people are gaming and, the system of telephone here. And something. Too, I would uh, uh, suggest is um, uh, you're on average better sticking off to 
news outlets you've heard of than those that you haven't mm-hmm. that have right. so, some sort of random name like you know truthfulnews.com or whatever you know yeah. i'm not even sure what the real place yeah. <laughs> but um uh uh you know chances are uh um on average time magazine or the washington post or whatever is probably going to have a pretty uh a much better um sort of uh gatekeeper system to keep out completely false stuff than is truthfulnews.com whatever and what about I think you're Snopes? Right too. Uh, uh, I was curious what you think about Snopes. Isn't Facebook yeah. working with them now? Yeah, yeah. Snopes um, uh, is probably the fourth of the big, mm-hmm. big four, if you want to call them that. Fact checkers. Um, there, they historically have uh, been more than just politics. So they've uh, been about urban legends and stuff like big that. <laughs> but they, right, exactly. But they have um, uh, moved more aggressively into the news and the politics space. Um, and in general, um, uh, I think they're solid. Um, we, I guess occasionally might disagree with them, but I think they're generally on the same page as we are. Um, uh, and we too, um, we are working with Facebook. I don't know how much you know about what we do with them, but, um, uh, after the 2016 election, when there's all the concern about Facebook, uh, being sort of manipulated, um, and fake news being um, spread, uh, in news feeds, um, Facebook convened a meeting with a bunch of fact checkers and, uh, the upshot of it was that we, that we and a couple other fact checkers, um, in the U S and overseas, actually, I think, um, now work with Facebook. Um, they fund a couple of extra part-timers for us to, uh, look at Facebook posts that the algorithm suggests might be kind of questionable. We do a fact check just as we normally would for any other. I just, uh, uh, I, I sometimes do them myself, um, uh, and so, so we do a thorough, you know, fact check of those, uh, stories, um, uh, shared on, uh, news, news feeds. You, usually it's things like memes, um, and sort of clickbait sites. It's usually not like a mainstream, uh, news article, like a New York times article, or whatever. Um, but we, so then we, uh, so then we post that on our website with a rating, uh, half true, false, whatever. Uh, and once that happens, um, we we work with Facebook to give them a running log of those articles. And um, if it's been um, turned by uh, either by us or by a different fact checker to be false, a couple things happen. One is um, uh, if somebody sees that um, uh, so- social media item in their feed, um, they are provided with a list of of uh, fact checks or kind of related other articles um, by us or by other fact checkers. So they don't just see that they, they also see the fact check of it. Um, we also, um, uh, Facebook also um, uh, cuts, cuts off the ad money um, that they can earn from a false uh, post. And um, it actually shows up less in the algorithm in your wow. feed. So it sort of squashes it down. Um, and so I think as an architecture, that's pretty good, but uh, you know, we do, I forget, it's a couple dozen of these a month. Um, and obviously there's, uh, so many millions every day that cross people's feed. So it's the kind of thing that could be scaled up if people want, want to move in that direction. But for right now, I think it's doing good in a limited way. I think what you said was right. The, the problem is the speed. Everybody's mm-hmm. 
just going against each other and everybody's trying to get the news out as fast as possible. So there is no way to not have mistakes, but it's interesting. Everybody's been talking about the great hack is now on Netflix and it's talking about the 26 uh-huh. election and Facebook and all that stuff. And I am just, I am more. Okay. So like, like Matt said, we are uh, not even novices when it comes to p- politics, but, but yeah. how, how is it though that in your, in your, uh, you know, I'm just asking your opinion here and maybe you have some uh, facts to back it up, but how is it when, and it seems like nobody really likes Trump or I mean, there's it seems like the minority would like Trump. And it's, and even them, that minority can't totally uh, look past his morality. Like as, as far as a as a person, I don't think most people seem to like him. How does somebody like that become president when I was certain it would be Hillary? Just just based on just yeah. Trump as a human, not even like skills. You know, a of, yeah. A lot of people were surprised. I mean. Uh, you know, he does have this very strong following that's like 35 to 40 percent of America. Um, and uh, there is nothing we can do if he says something false and we say it's false or pants on fire. There's nothing we, we can do to make those those folks believe that it's false because he has them sort of under his um, kind of like a blind but they faith. Don't, but they don't, they know it's false too. If you said Obama had, ni- okay. If Obama had nine pants on fires. Now, if I, yeah. if my wife or Toby had three pants on fires, I'd be like, again, <laughs> right. I, you did this once. That's, that's the, if you did a bold lie to me where no matter what it was pants on fire, lie about something important. You, it's a pretty much one or two strike situation. Really? Yeah, well, actually, in fact, we we gave Obama the lie of the year in, uh, <laughs> in I think, 2014, 2015, I forget what. Uh, it was a thing about if you like your doctor, you can keep him. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cute. Big one. That, that's a big deal. That's, that's a big a, one. Yeah, that's right. a huge yeah. deal because, I, I mean, I, I take that as serious. That's why I know it's you don't know him. It's not your wife or your friend. But if yeah. politics are as important as they're supposed to be and the guy can say something like that and you that matters to you that's crazy so to have nine yeah. of those to me is horrific yeah. now Trump's to have a hundred <laughs> actually one of the interesting things about the obama lie of the year um was uh again l- looking at the email inbox that we get um uh we got very very little pushback uh on that one uh, um all sides seem to agree that that was like the like biggest falsehood of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we um, simultaneously with, with our own selection of the lie of the year, we also have a reader vote for the lie of the year. We give them 10 possibilities and see which one wins. Um, and I think that that also was the clear winner that year. So even though our readership probably skews uh, fairly liberal, they, they, they sort of accepted at the time that that was a totally reasonable Lie, That's lie a good sign election. for your audience yeah. and you. But the point being yeah. that yeah. if Trump's going to do it that many times – it's too easy to go, oh, so every, he's crazy and that's bad and everybody should know. But that the people that you're talking about that are his base, they know he lies. They're glad because he's effective with his lies because they go, Obama lies, everybody lies. At least Trump's good at it and gets shit done with it. So, yeah, okay, we, so he, he circumnavigates yeah. your whole system and pretty soon he'll give you right. a, a nickname and then everybody will disregard everything you say. I mean, well, it's I a new game. Yeah. It's a three-dimensional game that isn't about facts from where he's playing. My feeling about how Trump um, sort of interacts with us, uh, we, we actually have a good relationship with his campaign team. I'm working with them today on a story. Uh, um, so they care about getting things right. Um, like they value your ratings. Like they hope they're not trying. Yeah, they, they would they like for you out. to validate more of them is, is yeah. their mm-hmm. active strategy yeah. and you're in touch with their team. 
Yes, 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 definitely. Um, Trump himself, my pet theory is that um, he just doesn't care about telling the truth. Um, uh, he could have spent years attacking us, attacking the Washington Post fact checker, attacking factcheck.org uh, for things we've written about him. And the only time he's ever officially responded to us was actually during during the 2016 campaign, even before the primaries, when we gave him we gave him the live of the year award, award. I think it was uh, in 2015 uh, when he was just starting out as a candidate. Um, and he had some fairly mild combination of our live of the year award. Um, and it's basically ra radio silence in terms of like tweets against us or like, you know, spoken criticism against us. Um, more than most politicians, he just doesn't care what we say. It's just not important to mm -hmm. him. Um, um, the other thing that I think is, um, different and challenging about Trump um, is the extent to which, uh, I guess two things. One, the extent to which he speaks just sort of totally off the cuff, just says stuff off the top of his head. Um, most politicians, um, including those who don't necessarily have great, great tr truth ratings on our scale, um, usually put a little bit more forethought into it um, and sort of, you know, study up. Um, Trump doesn't seem to want to do that. He'll just say whatever he's thinking. He's better off that you know that, though. He's better off that you know that he's coming mm -hmm. off the top of his head. Therefore, the criticism is less. If I'm going to make something up right now, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to right. hold me to it. If I if I say, I've been thinking about this for weeks on my political team, and then I misspeak yeah. or say something dumb, right. I deserve everything. Yeah. So he's, again, yeah. jumping ahead, playing a game that other people aren't playing. Yeah. And then the other thing I think is different about Trump is, is his syntax is sometimes very hard to parse, mm -hmm. um, just the way he speaks. Um, so, so sometimes, you know, it's impossible to fact check him because you literally don't understand what he means. He and says so, a lot of people tell me this. Everybody's saying this. How do you fact check that? Right. Everybody's right. saying it. False. Yeah. Everybody's not right. saying it. OK. <laughs> yeah. Negative. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So 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 uh, you know, even though we have fact checked fact -check him a lot in terms of of just the sheer numbers of fact checks we've done. There's also a lot that we, we haven't even begun to try to fact check it because we, we can't understand what he's saying uh, or you can't prove a negative or whatever. And nobody if cares. The, if the <laughs> lies don't affect him, if the, if the lies don't hurt him and I yeah. mean, there's all kinds of, that's what, like, I feel like uh, I heard about this Mueller report, Mueller report, and it was going to be awful. And then it, it feels like everything just fades away. Is he like, if that's the case, do you think he has a good, I mean, he must have a really good chance of being a president. In, uh, in the next election, right? Getting elect reelected. He certainly is in a competitive race. Um, uh, I think he starts a little bit of an underdog, but I, but I think I would not be shocked if he wins. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he's going to do what he's been doing. And do, do you think that they, the, the Democratic Party ha has their shit together and they're going to maybe pull? I mean, what, what can they do? They can, um, and I won't name names here, but they, uh, uh, are best off if they if they nominate somebody who can get broad support instead of a yeah. narrow um, uh, uh, se sector of the of, of the electorate. And who is that uh, in your view? I better not say names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I actually don't like handicap uh, uh, the uh, the uh, prim primaries only the general elections. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to stay away from that. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm very. I, 
I think no matter what, this is going to be the most like real life uh, WWE wrestling scenario we've yeah. ever we've yeah, ever experienced in, in politics ever. I'm assuming like, I mean, have you ever seen a time like this? Like, I mean, you've been studying politics forever now. Like, I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? No, I mean, it's been it's not like it went from zero to 100 within like one year or whatever. Right. Right. It's been the sort of growing over time. Uh, you know, I started here in 2009 and, 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 um, uh, there were crazy things said then, and there were more crazy things said in 2010 and 2011, 2012. Uh, but, um, it does seem like as time goes on more, more crazy things are said. Um, and, uh, setting aside even like, you know, factually or not, but just like, Mm -hmm. uh, the sort of, Long-standing norms of politics are just going by the wayside. Well, rhetoric has ramped up to an all-time rhetoric high. <laughs> do, do you think, in my opinion, and, th- th- and tell me if you think I'm wrong, I'm totally happy to be corrected yeah. on this, but to yeah. me, I think that is part and parcel to the what I would consider over-engagement in politics with people that are uncritical. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I understand the idea of get everybody yeah. to participate or whatever, but the yeah. level that people are participating at is the level of stadium sports. And I like this yeah. team versus that team. And it's yeah. fun and it's, it's primal. Very, it's not yeah. in real. Nobody knows it's what they're tribal. talking about. It's tribal and people are in their yeah. bubbles. But um, is that, ne- that's like a negative to, to, to that many, it's I like, yeah, no, I think the most important thing you can do is to reach out to people who don't believe like you do and just try to find some common ground, even if it's just a small portion, uh, and just le- just sort of respect the other guy uh, or gal. But they're, uh, they're not going to do that, though. I mean, and we're ta- well, of course, you well, can do that and I can do that, but the general hard. people out there that you see at yeah. Walmart and DMV and everywhere else, if they yeah. haven't been active, but now they think this is more exciting than football, yeah. they're not yeah. going to come prepared to help. They're just going to increase the tension, like at a football yeah. game. That's the point. Totally. And I think so, social media, while there are some very good things about so, social media, um, it's bad in the sense that it, dis, it sort of distances people. Um, it, uh, in some cases, you don't even know who the other person is because they're like anonymous or, su- or a su- pseudonym. Um, and so people can't get to know each other and have some sort of basis for sort of, you know, saying, OK, I don't agree with you on this, but I respect you as a person. Um, mm-hmm. right. Social media doesn't really um, uh, sort of allow for that. Yeah. Very, very well. I think, too, if I had to say, I mean, okay, I believe because Trump is president that the left almost benefits more in in entertainment and art. (laughs) Like like Saturday Night Live is, I believe, praying Trump wins again. Like like when I think about Saturday Night Live. Uh, when Obama was president, it, 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 and now four, just four years, just half the time. I mean, like comedians. The, the, I mean, I know they hate him, and they would say, "No, we want to, we want to." But I believe, like, it's it's insane to me that you actually. I mean, careers have been built upon Trump being president. Like right. so many jokes, so much TV, so much. I mean, documentaries. Air, I mean, all this. Like, I mean, people are searching sites to see if he's lying. Like, I mean, our our podcast today, we got a great laugh about how many lies he's already told just in less than four years i mean it's just i mean it's it's fascinating to me how that it's not just black and white that's why i like this site and i like what, what you're doing lou it's it, okay. it 
it is needed. I enjoy, I, I think everybody would actually enjoy not just the fluff and the weird one-liner. Like if you get a little bit of information, you can actually learn something about, let's say, Flint, Michigan or something like that, as opposed to, you know, Trump is just a terrible person. And, and speaking of that, last question, if, if you could get rid of all the uh, morality issues and lies and stuff like that, and you put Trump up against other presidents, is he a horrific president, you think? Like, I mean, is, has he really done really... It, has he been not effective? Uh, is presidency going to look be looked down really badly? I mean, that's probably my gut feeling, but you know, it's too early to say. Um, we still have a year and a half in his first term. Not not even getting into a second term. Yeah. So I think any any president is, is premature. Like you, you could have like uh, if you looked at the same point in Obama's tenure, uh, I don't think you would have. Um, thought that he did a, did a very good job at all. I think yeah. after uh, he's been gone, I think people were like, eh, we kind of miss that guy. Yeah, I know. Same with George yeah. W. People actually think he's a nice guy now. <laughs> Let's not continue that spiral yeah. while we're here wishing uh, we had <laughs> Trump back. Good God, what kind of country do you think we'll be in by the time everybody's reminiscing back when we had Trump? If we only you had crazy? Donald back. <laughs> the good old days back in 2019 when it was God. I mean, that's but that's possible, and that's why people are freaking out because – Scary yeah. shit is possible. It, it yeah. is. So yeah, it really maybe is. we can cling closer it to the truth. But this is easily it could get a lot better. I don't yeah. know. It's just very hard to say. Well, that's that's well, the problem in a way. But that's what we gotta cling to the truth, and we may be post truth in some ways. I accept that. Yeah. I really do accept yeah. that. But practically speaking, there's a lot more truth we can ring out if we care to know. Right. Truth as we the common sense definition, as we define it, is more attainable than people would like to believe or do the work to. Acquire. Yeah, you know, I was telling somebody, uh, uh, I came up with this the other day, that like, sometimes I feel like we're sort of, you know, medieval monks who are storing away all these bits of knowledge and manuscripts, mm -hmm. even though in the Middle Ages, like people didn't know about them or whatever, and they were re rediscovered, like, you know, centuries later, like, at least we're sort of recording what we know to be accurate, even if the sort of post-truth universe doesn't really fully uh, you know, integrate them or accept them yet at least we're sort of recording i things. love the archival yeah. notion of that i'm way into yeah. that like it, it, you I may be doing that. work that's important in the future or that survives you know decades or millennia or something who knows i mean yeah give it a shot uh, yeah well lou we really appreciate you joining us today thank you so much for giving us your time with a senior correspondent at politifact.com is that is that the main place they can find find you or where else politifact.com um okay. and they can uh and they can reach each, each of our state sites there as well. There's a tab for that. Um, and we have um, a full listing of our process, how we do our story selection and how we do our ratings and what the ratings are defined as and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really want to find uh, your your handicap uh, uh, numbers, and then I'm going to bet on it. Bad Christian will bet on it, and just and we'll, we'll let you know you. how you did. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that'd be pretty fun. We, you know, we like betting on sports and stuff, so that actually sounds pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right lou thank you for joining us today see ya all right lou jacobson man i'm telling you matt we don't know enough about politics now no, I'm, i, I would know more I, than I, enough i wish i knew less that's not really true okay i'm gonna be honest i do think it's just so fun in a way to watch how crazy it is like and it's re it's like the best yeah. reality show like right. it's like watching the bachelor on steroids no, it's kind of like watching like that, the celebrity you know? apprentice i would say 
more so. Like, <laughs> like, like right now, Donald Trump is the Bachelor, and all the all the other people. Well, he's a reality star. That's what he's he did this I on know. purpose. You're right. He knew it would You're happen. Right. He knew he could turn the country into a. Re- he knew people would go to their low base common denominator bullshit and he took everybody down to the gutter he knew he could but do that's it. what i'm saying he he did that's it. what how is everybody so uh uh fooled and because he's made dumb. to look made to look like fools because he's not dumb yeah, I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing just he just have, accidentally continues to dominate everything on pure accident by being doing the right. dumbest things possible somehow it keeps winning because he's that dumb is that dumb? I mean, <laughs> you know how many uh, reality TV shows are, have been made and aren't near as popular or, or anything? Like, I mean, there's all kinds of different levels that he's done. I mean, even as a businessman, I'm, of course, he's had just terrible studies, taxes and all that. I get it, everything. But I mean, overall, that, seems, no, he, yeah, I, he made that. it, right? So now, I would how say many business, how many failed businesses would smart. you? How many failed businesses would you accept to also have many successful ones? Right. What, okay. What was what that supposed to be? Like, you, no, you say he's a bad person who's unethical, and all that is true. Yes. Yes. On, yes. But that seems not to bother him. And most people admire it because people have this fucking thing about them that is bad, but it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And everybody knows it right. that you like Tony Soprano and you like the uh, uh, Goodfellas and you like, you like people that are what they, what they would call gangster. Like a straight, right. if somebody goes, oh, that's straight gangster. That means unethical, bad, psychopathic. Yeah. But it's pretty cool because you, you're the toughest. You got it. Yeah. Like that's the way people. You like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas, no? And like yes. you like it, right? People admire that because that person got it. And I wish part of me wishes I could fucking get mine. And so you admire it, even though you know it's bad. You know I mean, it's wrong. That- well, here's the thing I was thinking about. And it works. Like, and so we got straight gangster. Okay. Machiavelli. I, I, I mean, all that. I don't think Trump has anxiety. <laughs> like, I don't think he, like, <laughs> I could be wrong. But, like, I just thought it was interesting when Lou was talking about, like, he, he doesn't care about that he lies. Like, I was thinking, that's just so interesting to me that he doesn't at all really think about it. Like, I, whatever I'm saying right now, I'm just saying it because I'm Trump. Like, even in his brain, it's just, it's I'm just this. past it. So it's I'm moving forward. It. I play yeah, golf. I make decisions. I say stuff. The people need me. This is what I'm doing. Like, it just, like it's just it's just this thing it's just all, will all the time. It to so, existence. Like, you, you think that way a little right. bit. I mean, you're just not like him, but you, you think that way. Like, you you determine, you manifest reality is the is the is right. what must be going is I'll make it so truth be it's not that's he true. doesn't think you know what I'm a real bad liar that's kind of funny that I get away with that's not right. how he thinks about it he thinks his sense of reality is so strong that it is reality it just is right him. that is what it is well we manifested this podcast and it's still going and and uh, you know I've, I've <laughs> said many tough things on this podcast and people are still supporting us and helping us and making this happen so this is probably where we should say I'm actually going to be running for president when you're and, 75 it, years old this you know is the beginning I, of the campaign here you're this, laying the groundwork this is so, this is so funny uh, how, how I was getting ready to go a little bit farther with the joke and I know so, I know so little about politics I couldn't I'm not sure the year I would become president. <laughs> when is the next election? 2020? I think next year. Right. Yeah, 2020. Uh, 2020 is when, yeah. yeah. So we're about, a, yeah, we're about a year and a half. So next November, Ugh. I'm telling you right now, I'm putting in my candidacy, Matt, will you run with me? Will you be my, Running, my uh, vice president? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Of course. Reva, you will be, of course, the secretary. 
press secretary. She had to do PR. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, secretary of the state. Which I have oh, no idea what, what that means. Well, it means you, take, you get coffee for the president and you file paperwork and t- do, you know, typing and admin things. Secretary, it's like the Secretary of State. Yeah. I think they just do, you get coffee a lot and, you know, uh, hold, you know which, do the Which state are they the secretary of? Yeah, which <laughs> that's state? what I, that's always confused And me. Washington, D.C. is not even a state, they it tell me. It ain't even a state. No. And I think so marijuana is legal in Washington, D.C. And you Isn't don't have weird? to pay your taxes if you don't want to. It's, yeah, you don't have to. You know what I mean? This is kind of a crazy yeah. world. It's just a lie. <laughs> Taxation is theft, they say, and I believe it's documented. Do you know that anyway, central bank at the uh, the Federal Reserve is not even a that's not yeah that's not even that's a real the, thing either. The, yeah, that's by the the uh, people, the guys that ride the carts and the go karts in the parades with the you know <laughs> what are they called? But you, you know, know what I'm talking about the Masons. Yeah. Shriners. <laughs> oh yeah, Shriners. Them too. I bet I know those Shriners gotta be something political. Anyway, I don't want our money stolen. So we would like you to join the BC Club secretly, and we just won't ever tell anybody, and it's just between us. And you can join the club. The club has so many benefits. We do a, a podcast every day for you now. And so you get the main one on Wednesday, and then you get four others on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And those are fun and sometimes even a little bit crazier. Uh, and there's a lot more, too. Uh, you, you find out about the, the BC Con that is coming up. All, all kinds of good stuff and great people like Michael Ortiz Jr. Is that Miles, Mike Ortiz, our buddy Mike Ortiz? Or just somebody be. with the same name? Mike, if it's you know. and you're my friend... I'd love to talk. Hell to of a guitar saying. player. Yeah. Uh, Miles Lehman, Lehman, uh, Nick Terry, Caleb Walker, Donna Campbell, Corey. Hey, Donna. Donna's down in Florida. We've known her for a long time. Big Emory fan. Thank you, Donna. Corey Moore, Elizabeth Goodman, Stephen Henning, Lydia Strain, and Spencer King. Why are if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying it for God knows how long for free? It is time to do the right thing and pay your tithes <laughs> to this organization. I would just want to call it tithes. Yeah. And now we only require 20% tithe of your paycheck anyway. We only take 20%. So, good Lord. Anyway, let's get out of here. I got to go uh, read up about if I'm going to vote next time. And I don't even know when the next time is. <laughs>